Welcome to Debt Free Degree, the podcast that can help you help your teen attend college with less debt and more success. Denise's two homeschooled kids attended college on $199,000 in scholarships for four years debt free with cash left over. We're starting a movement to help all parents figure this out so you and your teen can rest easy and look forward to living the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Denise Thomas. The FAFSA, three big mistakes that cost you money, and yes, you need to file. Hi, I'm Denise Thomas. Today is October 1st. It's FAFSA Day. This is the day the free application for federal student aid opens for high school seniors. First, don't panic. You do not have to submit the application today. This is just the date that it opens. But I do suggest that you file it sometime this month because the money is given out on a first-come first served basis. Now, most parents are under the mistaken belief that it's not worth filing the FAFSA because they make too much money to get anything. Just last week, a parent asked in confidence, my husband makes $200,000 a year. Should we bother with the FAFSA? The short answer is yes. Everyone needs to file the FAFSA. The application is not only for federal grant eligibility for low-income families. Without filing the FAFSA, your teen won't be offered a work-study job on campus or low-interest student loans, and you won't be offered a low-interest parent loan at schools that accept federal dollars. And although I'm personally opposed to student loans, I also know, well, life happens sometimes. If you file the FAFSA and suddenly your teen loses their merit scholarships or you had a college savings for part of the cost but had to use it for family medical emergencies, at least you have an option to fall back on. But that's not the only reason to file the FAFSA. When you submit the form, the calculation spits out a six-digit number. That number is called the EFC, Expected Family Contribution. But don't freak out when you see it. No one really expects you to pay that much each year for college. If that were the case, most families would have to sell their house and live in a cardboard box. No. I wish they would change the name because believe me, you will bust out laughing when you see it. The EFC is a number used by colleges and universities in their own calculations to determine need-based aid or discounts. And sometimes it's used in combination with GPA and test scores to determine merit-based scholarships. However, if you don't file the FAFSA or if a school your teen is applying to isn't listed to receive it, the school is not going to call you to say, hey, we'd like to offer your kid this free money, but you need to send us the FAFSA. Nope, you're just out of luck. Everyone, regardless of income, should file the FAFSA. It's not like the federal government doesn't know how much you make anyway. I mentioned need-based aid. Need has a very different definition from you and one school to the next. For example, Harvard gives no merit-based scholarships. Since the vast majority of applicants have high GPAs and test scores, there's no reason to dangle the merit scholarship carrot to get those teens to apply. Using the net price calculator for Harvard, a parent with $150,000 income can qualify for enough need discounts to only pay $20,000 per year. And that includes tuition fees, room, board, and books. All is not as it seems. Always file the FAFSA. 
and you'll have to do it every year that your child is in school. So how do you get started? The very first step is applying for your FSA ID, and this step comes days or weeks before you and your teen sit down to fill in the information. The FSA ID is your digital signature, and both the parent and teen need to apply for individual FSA IDs online before you begin working on the FAFSA. One parent and the teen each need their own FSA ID. You'll receive confirmation a few days up to two weeks later. When you receive it, keep it safe because you'll need to file the FAFSA every year that your teen is in school and you'll use the same ID. To get your FSA ID, go to the website fsaid.ed.gov and follow the instructions. I'll link it in the notes. Once you have that, now you can get started filing the FAFSA. So what will you need to file the FAFSA form and how long does it take? Well, because you'll be reading the instructions the first time, it could take one to two hours to complete. But after that, probably 45 minutes or so. You'll need the taxes that both you and your teen filed for the previous year. So if your high school senior will be a college freshman in the fall of 2021, you'll file the FAFSA in the fall of 2020 using your taxes from the year 2019. Confusing? Yes. When you go to the site, there's an area that gives a list of additional information you'll need to gather together. Basically, you'll also need bank account information, the amount of cash and investment as of the date you file the FAFSA. So if you plan to buy a pricey laptop for your kid, pay for an add-on to your house, or buy a car with cash, do it beforehand. The parents' assets are credited at just over 5% in the calculation of your EFC. Your child's assets are credited at about 20%. For example, if your child has $30,000 in the bank, $6,000 will count toward the expected family contribution. If you have $30,000 in the bank, then only $1,500 will be part of the EFC. Remember, this is just a number that schools will use in their calculations, and every school is different. So what are some of the biggest mistakes families make when filing the FAFSA? When filling out the form, read the instructions for each line carefully. The most common mistake is not putting your child in the chair in front of the computer to fill it out, with the parent looking over their shoulder to ensure the correct information is entered. Parents who are in the chair often misinterpret whose information they're asking for. Every question is from your teen's perspective. That mistake often costs thousands of dollars. Another mistake often made is including your primary home in the assets. Do not include your primary home value. Only list real estate holdings that are not your primary home. The third big mistake is the line for investments. Investments do not include your regular 401ks and Roth IRAs. These are traditional retirement type accounts, but they do include all others. For example, if you've maxed out your 401k and your Roth IRA and have additional stock investments, even if you are designating them for retirement, those need to be listed. 
If you are self-employed, it gets a little sticky, so I won't cover that here. Your income counts for the majority of the EFC calculation, so don't get overzealous in trying to hide money. There can be dire legal and financial consequences for some of the shenanigans parents have tried to pull off. For example, some have moved large cash amounts from their teen's account to a grandparent's account, for example. But there are gift taxes to be paid on gifts over a certain value. So remember, get your FSA ID and file the FAFSA every year. Even if your teen has their four years paid for in scholarships, having options should something go wrong will be a relief. So what are the three biggest mistakes that can cost you money when filing the FAFSA? One, not filing the FAFSA at all. Two, the wrong person is sitting in the chair filling out the form. And three, filling in the form using the wrong assets. If you don't have a mentor to walk you through the high school to college process, let's chat. I'm Denise Thomas, your debt-free college coach. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate and review the podcast, download and share with friends. You can go to DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com for more info and free downloads. Once again, that's DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com. See you next time.